0: We're live now. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rick H. I'm with my brother, of course. Crazy Boogie couldn't make it. And today we are coming live. That was a little late in the building. (laughs) Today we're coming live to you from Dex's studio where he does his hand-painted pieces. My my interview guest today is Dex. I be me. We're surrounded by some of his work. We're going to get to know him a little bit. He's going to let me get into his personal life a little bit. Um, I have actually a few questions, though, before we even start. So, Luigi Cava wants to know, who was the best softball player in J. Hill Wright Park?
1: I was. Who else? <laughs> Wait, what position, though?
0: No, I, th- I think he means just, like, in general. He also wants to know who was the worst.
1: I, I was. No, you weren't the worst. I do know. And there was some other Versace? People. Versace? No, Versace got nice afterwards. <laughs>
0: I mean There was Versace
1: is this dude That uh, Like the older Dominican dude Straight out You you know who He was With with zapatos on Nah At first he did With the chancleta Do you remember And I Every time I see the movie It reminds me of him Do you remember Shaft The movie Shaft So do you remember When they arrested Peoples that's oh, oh, so if you seen that that uh that movie, that Shaft movie, that guy that pulled up on the bike that I guess eventually he gets handled, that's exactly what Sachi looked like. <laughs> Except that he used to come with fake glasses to work. I mean to, <laughs> to play, play. soapball. So, um, so, uh, so we so we ended those up naming fake him. fake silk
0: shirts too. Yeah and, and some chacletas. So uh, that was a question from Thank you for your question, Luigi. Yeah, I wasn't the best <laughs> Shout I wasn't out. the best
1: <laughs> softball player, but like the uh sponge ball player, you know nobody was, hit, was was getting a hit off of me.
0: <laughs> I mean it was an interesting situation in that park. We played softball in a park where it's concrete and then in the back in, in left player. field there was two basketball courts.
1: And we used so to get into fight with them. If you fights. hit a line
0: drive and hit one of those dudes Yeah, we we got into fights. That's how I met Dex, by the way. And then a couple of years later, I was I was making music. I used to be, you know, Rick Dollars, Rick H., you know, Picture Perfect Entertainment, Five Star Performing Music, Top Dollar, all that great shit. And I'm 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 in the park, we're playing ball, and Dex is like, "Oh, I make beats, bro. Just come over to my crib one time." And I go to his crib, and I knew he was dope I like drawing and shit. So I see some yeah. of his, but then he started playing. This is like when Fruity Loops and.
1: Well, yeah, I started with Fruity Loops. Fruity Loops. Wait, how old were you back then? Uh, Yo, we were like sixteen. Sixteen. When we was doing that.
0: Yeah, it was. It we was. was, it was a, we were young. were a long
1: time ago. 14, 15 around that time.
0: Because
1: when I started airbrushing, yeah, so I was like fifteen.
0: So he was doing um, music and art at that point in time. Yeah. And a couple years, years later, his sister was signed at Def Jam. Um and that's when i introduced him to Louis. Shout out to Louis by the way. Louis. Uh, so that's Louis. why this is called Mute beats and canvases. So, uh, this is Dex. Aside. Your Dex, that's is that your name? Do you care to tell the audience your name?
1: You uh Dex. Dex is, is not short for Dexter. <laughs> it's, no. not, it's not, Dex is not short for Dexter, it's short for uh dexterous and quick story from where dexterous where Dex comes from, like, my friends used to call me Point Dexter in junior high school. I was probably the only kid in IS 218 that probably knew the librarian. (laughs) And she used to set out books for me. I used to like to read a lot. And, um, you know, I was pretty good in school. I did pretty well in school. Like, when we had tests, the teacher used to, like, sit me by myself because you know, my friends wanted to like copy from me or whatnot. But uh, one of my boys started calling me Point Dexter, but on some teasing type of way. And I've always liked to look for, you a, know, the the positive, the the positive thing into anything. So I started, you know, I, went, I was the brainiac that I that I was. Then like I went to the dictionary to look up anything that was related to you know yeah. to that word, and I found, you know, um, dexterous. So, dex is short for dexterous. Yeah. Dexterous meaning someone who is able at in many things, like ambidextrous. ambidextrous like dexterous, you can yeah. use both hands. But dexterous, somebody that has dexterity, somebody that has, um, you know, that is able. Who, he who is able, he or she was able in many different things. And I'm like, hey, this applies to me perfectly because yeah. I felt like you know I was into sports. I played. I felt like I was a pretty good baseball player. Rick could tell you that I was a pretty good baseball player. Um, I played, you know I I used to play instruments I you know I went to LaGuardia for art and then I was making beats I was you know getting into rapping and all this other stuff so I was doing a lot of things so I felt like that fit perfectly with me Right. and then I just wanted to short it to Dex because my favorite comic book artist uh, Joe Maderera he used to sign his work Mad M-A-D and that's why like you see like in my in my work like you'll see the D-E-X and then like exclamation point but Dex Capital D, lowercase e, capital X, exclamation point. If it's written any other way, it's not me.
0: So I fucked up when I was promoting this episode. I just wrote Dex, all capitals. Yeah, and that's things, not me. that wasn't and me. That wasn't me. Me. That was <laughs> <a laughs> me. That's not me. <laughs> so talk to me about, first of all, you got a really diverse and dope family. Thank From you. From your pops to uh, your two sisters and your brother.
1: Three, I have three sisters. Yeah, See, well, I only know of two of them. Yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah, I got three. Uh, talk to me about growing up in, because your family is very artistic, and in, mm. in like the other three are really heavy into music, right? So what's it like growing up in that environment? Plus, your dad, like he's a, he's a well-known manager in the music industry.
1: I mean, my growing up in my house was more like. Uh, it came from my father's doctrine. Like, my father went to college in Russia. I was born in Russia. Born in St. Petersburg. Oh, wow. You know, it used to be Leningrad when I was born. And, you know, that was during the communist time. But um, my father, you know, he saw the culture over there. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with, like Rush, like, that, like, Russian and, like, Asian cultures. Usually, like here in, we have in America we have like this this thing where like we let kids kind of decide what they want to do like see like give them more freedom yeah yeah and those cultures is like nah if you're born if if when you're born you're born with like a violin in your hand they're gonna put a violin in your hand as right. soon as you're born and that's what you're doing there's like you're practicing 10 hours a day yeah. or if you're gonna be a tennis player right. that's why you know they, they have so many virtuosos so many people like you know like all these gymnasts like the best gymnasts in the world and the best ice skaters and right. As uh, uh, piano players They're like Asians And and Russians And like Europeans And whatnot Because of the way That they You know That they do things So my father saw that He was over there For seven years And When I You know I left at eight months That's why I don't remember Much about Russia When I was eight months old I left to DR And then like I rejoined my family here When I was eight We had a lot of You know My parents had a lot Of Russian friends And we used to visit Their their households And I, I remember I used to see um, this lady playing piano, whatever. So I want to learn to play piano because, you know, that's what kids, that's what we do. Hey, I want to learn to play the piano. I want to do karate. I want to... So, you know, my father, the thing with my father is that he's he's always been very supportive. Even though my father is a scholar, he's a, you know, he's a math teacher and everything and he has like five degrees and my mom has, uh, she's a teacher too, has a bunch of degrees. They always looked at it this way, like, instead of it being on some, like, you have to just focus on school and forget about all those other dreams, they actually supported our dreams. And even though we had the raw talent, like, Karina has, you know, she had the always the musical, the raw musical talent, the reason why she's as good as she is is because my father invested not just time, but money support. and support and a lot into... Our talents and like it's like you can find a rough diamond, but a rough diamond doesn't look as pretty until it's like polished and cut. Right. And that's what kinda of brings the value into into a diamond, you know, and that's what my father did with us. He really supported our you know, our artistic um any artistic endeavor we wanted to dabble into, like my father supported like when I started airbrushing, yeah, came to my dad, hey dad, I want to airbrush because I want to run an airbrush father went and bought me my airbrush and from there you know I started making money on my own hey dad I wanna you know when Karina got signed the first thing we got like usually you would think like uh, the first thing people go and get when they get some money is a house or a car or something something. the first thing we got was a studio the first thing my father did was invest money into a professional home studio like we spent like $30,000 into like professional gear because this is what we this is what
0: you own your craft you'll have a space right
1: so um and my father always put this, like, he would always speak to us, and he would always, like, you know, settle these doctrines into and, like, you know, cement it into my head, especially me, because I was the older one. Um, I can never say, it was illegal to say we were bored in my house. You couldn't okay. say, like, my father made us, he, mainly me, because I was, like I said, I was the older one, My my siblings were a little bit younger, so they didn't really understand, but my father was tougher with me, and... He would say, like, if ever I said, hey, I'm bored, we had, like, this, like, bookshelf with, like, probably over 3,000 books. I'm like, there's, like, 3,000 books there you could go read. Our piano's over there. Uh, I, I bought you a beat machine, right? Or you have, you can draw, right? Yeah. Or you could go do something. Don't ever say in my household you're bored. Like, the word boredom, it does not exist. It, be, yeah. it does not exist. And to this day, to Just me, like, like I, I can't say, I cannot say I'm, I'm, I'm bored. I can say, like, I'm not in the mood to do anything right and I just chill. And even then, like, I feel anxious if I'm not doing something. Yeah. I always have to feel productive. Yeah. And I think that was one of the main things my father, you know, showed us to always be... I never really saw my father watching TV like that. The only time my father watched TV is when he was about to go to sleep. Yeah. watch like, an hour of TV and then go to sleep. But my father's always reading the newspaper. Always, you know, he was always a businessman. And that's kind of what we grew up in now. So I'm going to say, like, my father's not an artist, by the way. My father can't draw a stick figure. My father <laughs> yeah. can't sing. My father cannot. So where did
0: all this talent come from? Like, maybe he's got kids that can do a lot of music, play the piano. He's got artists. Like, what, 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 maybe, it was was it my the mom, way he...
1: No, my mom's side, like, you know, the art, The art. mainly on my mom's side, like, the artists. On my father's side, there's, you know, there's some artists. But I feel like my dad... And how like intelligent he is, and how strong willed he is, with mixed with my the talent from my mom's side. Together, I guess it made like a perfect blend. It's four of us, from my you know, four of us from my dad and my mom. Like it's myself, Brian, my brother, who's um, you know he he does animation, he draws too. Um, and Axana, she plays guitar, sings, draws also. So Karina's the only one that doesn't draw. <laughs> Karina can't <laughs> even draw a stick figure. Karina couldn't even draw a stick figure for her life wow. and uh, but her talent music wise is like insane like I'm the one that can't sing and then but then like I feel like I got like the better part of the talent as far as like art went yeah you know so it was like too extreme between Karina with music myself with art and then like my other siblings are just as good but they have many things that they do themselves they're like
0: blended I, I felt fun. like uh, at the time when they were working on our album, um, you were the perfect because you had you ideas for days. Like if you ever sat with Dex when he was doing music, Well you still are doing music, yeah, but when we sat into in his studio, it was like, oh, you know what? I that which was the album? It's a Jay Z album that just came out. It was Kingdom Come. Yeah, he heard every song on that album, and you were like, the song is not good because of this. The song's not good because of that. He should have did this. We could have did that. He could have did this. Could've. So I felt like you you were a, you were a good person for her to have in her corner. Because mm-hmm. the ideas, for, and then later on, it transformed from, with Chris, those Gambinos. Yeah, right. Well, we're not related. I, I get asked yeah, that yeah, a couple yeah. of times. <laughs> um, with but, Chris Yarrow.
1: It's dope that you say that because um, that was my biggest pet peeve in the music business. This is what, um, and I feel like I hope that, you know, that eventually, it comes back to that. Like, back then, like, A&Rs used to be people that actually were musicians, did music, uh, uh, of some sort, creative. They were creative people. A&R was a creative person, right? So, which meant that they already themselves created music, so they understand the difference. But it got to a point where an A&R was just a businessman, and they would come to the studio, and they would tell the producer or the writer... Hey, guys, um, we need a hit record. And I hated that. I, hated, I hate for anybody to just tell me, like, now what I'm doing with mm-hmm. my art. So somebody just tell me, hey, I just need a dope painting. Yeah.
0: Not knowing what a dope painting. Not knowing,
1: like, okay, what, what, what do you mean? Or a in. direction,
0: like, yeah. yo, I want to talk about this specific fear. This is how I used to go into the studio with the guys. I, I would listen to the beat. Shout out to Fredo. We've always been Fredos. And I'd be like, yo, this the beat is telling me this we need to write about this. I will write the chorus, then Wiggs will do his verse, everybody else will do the verse, and it would tie the song together. Right. I feel like that's what an A&R should be. It should be someone who has the ear and knows exactly, like, forget about making a hit record. Because if you go into a studio trying to make a hit record... Yeah, a hit
1: record is made by whoever is promoting it and marketing it. I can yeah. give you a, good, a great... Record a great-sounding record, a record with potential, a record with a catchy hook. That's what I'm gonna give you. But then you, as a company, right. you have to go and make it a hit record. The you know the the structure is what puts when they wherever they they place their money strategic-wise. That's where you know it's gonna go. And it's and it's and it's dope that you say that that you know I, I was a good person to have on Karina's corner because I made a lot of relationships because I was. If anybody was In Karina's process I was the one That traveled with her Everywhere I was the one I was right. in and every studio session I was the one That made the relationship With the with the writers And the producers To the point where It helped out When I started Really pursuing My music stuff right. Where I knew How to speak to a producer Differently Than other people Like This day and age People don't want To pay producers Or people don't want to Or they want to Treat producers Like they're not really The core Of The music uh, making process, or they, you know, an engineer is not worth nothing to some people. Oh, you come a dime a dozen. Like, no, I've always I honed my ear to learn because I did. I dabbled into beat making. I learned how to pick a great producer with an industry sound, aside from somebody who's like an amateur. I learned how to pick the best engineer for my sound. And the thing is, is that a lot of times, you know, people they listen to my music and they'll tell me, hey. um, who mixed your beats and it's like, who mixed your music? And I'm like, I can tell you who mixed it. But the thing is, is that you're going to be missing the most core ingredient of it. And it's me yeah. because my sound sounds that way because I sit through every single minute and hour of the mix. Right. And I'm pretty much guiding because I, I got I was too lazy to sit down and learn every single plug in and keep up with it while still, you know, doing everything else I was doing. Yeah. I just know how I want my sound to be. Anybody that makes my records will tell you, and I don't know if you ever got to see one of my sessions, they'll tell you I had the most organized sessions they've ever seen. Like, everything was named, everything was color-coded, everything was like, yeah. like this is the verse, this is where the hook is, boom, 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 and like, you know, on Pro Tools, when you pull up your shortcuts, on like, the numbers pad side, like, I had everything there too, like, you press one, boom, it'll take you straight to the, to, to the verse, to the chorus, and... Because I always, I didn't want anybody to mess up my stuff Yeah, I'm like, that's why I love Kanye Because I'm kind of like, almost like a control freak with my stuff Where I need to be part of everything But I'm like a quarterback too Because I know who I need yeah. And who, I know that I can't do everything myself That's one thing, I know I can't do everything myself And that's why I always give credit to anyone That is really good at what they do and I just feel like I know how to put together a great team for anything you know now when I'm getting ready to do my art show like I know who I need on my team to make that art show successful I know the relationships I need to make to make that art show successful it's the same way when we sat down and like I told you that Kingdom Come album was one of Jay's poorest work and it wasn't poor because of what he was speaking about it was just I felt like it was rushed and I felt like it was just one of those joints that it didn't have uh, a fluid, a fluid um, sound that brought it together. Like I feel like great right. albums always have a sound to it that, from the beginning to the end, it makes sense. I feel like right. Jay
0: had did a couple records, and the label was so thirst for a Jay Z record, they didn't give him like the appropriate. I don't know if he he was he's always involved with his shit, but. Yeah. I, I feel like the the label might have.
1: Nah, he was the president. Wanted
0: to put it out because they were like, at the he was the president. Nah, at the he point knew in what time he was doing. And yeah. they they put out an album and invested so much money in it, but the work in the album, it wasn't. But his normal not, music. normal music. not like thirty albums. He bro, just the he...
1: thing with Jay for that album, when I tell and this you. was
0: after the Black Album yeah. too, so it was like oh, his that's, comeback that's album. He
1: came in with no direction. Like if you listen to, and I'm going to tell you, like some people will, will look at me like I'm wild and well, the Dynasty album? I don't like the Dynasty album. I think it had no direction. Yeah. Um,
0: you know why? Because it got switched right. midway through doing the record. It was supposed to be a compilation album. And then he was
1: like, you know what? This is going to be my album. Volume 3, Volume 2. Even though they're classic albums to us, yeah. no direction. Volume 2 was when Jay said, I'm going to go pop. And I know we we getting on the Jay-Z thing, but it's because he brought up like how I like to dissect things. Yeah. He said, I'm gonna go pop on this one. And that's why he saw me. I did five million. I've been rapping mm-hmm. like time since. Before uh Blueprint, um, his first album was the album that had a glue, a sonic mm-hmm. glue, and it had like you know, from his photo shoot to the sound to the skits right. to everything, everything was concrete. Yeah. It was it was about, you know, this mobster, black mobster thing like Italian mobster but really, you know, the black mobster scene. And every song and everything painted a picture of that lifestyle. And then when you go and look at the at the at the art on the shit, like it was just so rich. Right. And then volume one, all over the place, volume two all over the place, volume three all over the place, then you get to blueprint.
0: The blueprint, black album and reasonable doubt are my three favorite. And I feel it's because
1: What about um uh, I, no, no, I really
0: liked part. American Gangster But The problem with that I reckon to me Is I feel like It's not a Jay-Z album you It associated is associated to the movie too? Is, maybe the movie took some of oh,
1: oh, oh, like You know what he did with that album? And why I loved it so much? Remember Kingdom Come He was speaking what his life was about Like Jay already was like 10-12 years in Away from the hood Right? right? Yeah, away was like, from the hood This is not his reality man. anymore And i don't go back there or whatever. That's not like I could stop by buy ice cream for the kids. That's it. But that's not my reality no more. I'm so detached from this. Yeah. And he's starting to learn about you know I I got to one thing is that I got to be around Jay. The day that he signed my sister I was around Jay for like 12 hours. One day. The first day I I met Jay-Z I was with him for like a whole day. And I learned two things about him. One he has the same way that he says he has an incredible memory believe that man he has an incredible memory. Because everything that was going on in that day, he remembered at the memory. end of the day wow. that I had told him something 12 hours before that I had to give him. And he, before he left, he turned around and he said, you have something to give me, right? I thought he had forgotten. I'm like, oh, sure, yeah, I do. <laughs> um, and another one is that he's a very, very, very educated dude that guy that whole time that he was with us you know mean being that you know he's in front of my sister whatever he yeah. didn't curse not one time he didn't say nigga not one time he didn't say he didn't curse not one time out of his mouth like he shut that out right. completely and that's why he's where he's at because he knows how to blend Right. he knows that like if we're talking amongst boys like us is like just boys whatever we curse our ass or say whatever that is. Yeah. So whatever's on our mind right. and if there's people that don't know how to turn that off and they could be at church, and they don't know how to talk to the pastor, <laughs> and uh, you know, without cursing, the pastor says, uh, "You're in the house of the Lord. Yeah. Please, yeah. Uh, you know, save that." And that's where a lot of people don't get to leave the hood because they don't know how to assimilate. And what Jay has done, and has he's shown, and he's still trying to, you know, even with the four four four, he's trying to give you game now. Like, yo, I'm already twenty five years detached from the hood. And I was still trying to push that hood stuff. Now I'm on some, I want my people to do better. That's my mission, my mission now. And that's like my mission right. too now. Like I want my people to understand that there's other ways to get it. It's not, I remember back in the day where people used to get into drug dealing to rap, bro.
0: That's crazy. You know
1: you know people like that. I, we grew up in Washington nights. <laughs> we know plenty of people that started selling I also know drugs. people who
0: sell drugs just to buy Bottles. clothes and sneakers. Mm-hmm. If you're selling drugs just for that, then you gotta back, got to issue. Back then, up. you
1: needed the street credit. You couldn't just be a rapper. You needed also the streets to be behind you. I know people that got shot. They're, you know, jokingly, people tell me, "Yeah, you can become a rapper now because he got shot." Yeah. Where's yeah. The, where does the talent factor go? Yeah. Where does the knowing how to make a song and structure go? Right. You know, and that's why we are where we at. And I'll tell you this much: I have this amazing um, theory of why. Music, especially hip hop, went to to where it's at now, and I feel like you know Obama, historically, was great, right, for us. But culturally, it was horrible. And I I know I'm gonna get a lot of backlash for this, but let me explain. Obama uh, historically, culturally, was bad for us. You know why? Because I feel like people of color have always found a way to 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 kinda of express themselves and the art always grows out of struggle, right? Yeah. Right. So it came to a point where remember um we back broke then the glass
0: ceiling. we got a president. We got a
1: black president. Yeah. This is what Tupac was talking about in ninety six. Like we ain't yeah. ready to see a black president. So we were thinking like that wasn't gonna happen in our lifetime or that wasn't yeah. gonna happen for like till we were old. Right. And then it happens. And then it becomes 1999 all of a sudden in the Matrix where niggas is doing that rave. So for eight years we didn't question anything the government did because that's our nigga, that's it in 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 office. Right. So even though he ordered the most drone attacks ever, yeah. even though he had deported the most people ever, we right. never questioned it because that's our nigga up there. We don't, right. think we, we're not gonna question our nigga man that nigga up there. So what happens? Music, you didn't hear any rapper talking about government talking bad about the government talking bad about being oppressed whatever Nah, the sky's the limit so what did that make way for for uh, the Mali music and the, and the lean music right. because now we are in a state of bliss and we are in a state of like I go back to that Matrix scene of a um, of, an, of a a rave orgy yeah. where all we want to hear is about drop downs, shake the low whatever boom 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 and all this oh. other shit and like it made way for for that type of music that's why if you notice ever since trump i don't what 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 started happening you have jay Cole coming way more prominent yeah, you have true. more you have this is america taking best song and best record of the year this year at the grammys at the grammys you know you have or even you have even though like you know you're still gonna have the the fuckery going on in the music right. but now people really want more conscious stuff because now you have gucci <laughs> doing uh, blackface sweaters.
0: Gucci. Yeah. Uh, Burberry did it. Burberry. Prada,
1: Montclair. Everybody's... A, yeah. It's an attack, bro. It's an attack going on. And now it's like, now everybody wants to wake up again and everybody wants to become activists again. And I don't right. feel like it, t- it needs to take a corrupt or a white man or whoever in power for the agenda to continue. Right. You know? Um... And even though Obama historically was great for us, for the culture, it was horrible.
0: Right.
1: It was horrible. If you really research, you know, how... I'm not saying Obama was a bad president, but I don't feel he did
0: I anything mean, crazy. He did... Mm. First of all, people forget how bad this country was when he took office, when he took it over. That, yeah, it, was bad. It, it was in a bad situation. He did the best he actually could. Of course. And he... The government, the other branches of government, weren't on his side, so he had to strong on Of course. A couple of things to get through, but I, this, there's a lot of merit to what you're saying, because I felt for the last five, six years, um, I was not impressed with any of the music that was coming out from hip hop. There's only specific artists that if something came out, I would listen to. Removed, yeah. Um. And then it—it it was just an abundance of everybody got and fell in love with the South and that, that South movement and the Lean movement. Yeah, well, the South movement happened a while. That, that was—it happened a while yeah, ago, but it was, said, the, it, like it was it mid- was the genesis of to where we are now. Yeah. So, um, I think that artists so I are dying. To tell you
1: the sorry to cut you off, but and this was brought to my attention the other day, like the trap sound that we know now, because remember. Trap music, reasonable doubt if you really want to, you know... It's a trap album. Yeah, right. Because he's talking about drugs. Yeah. Selling drugs. That's what trap is. This is the term for in the South. Like, when T.I. made trap music, is just him t- talking about the experiences of dope dealing in the South, yeah. which is different in the city. You know, these dudes out there, they got... You know, it's a different way of, of how they hustle down there than how they right. hustle in New York and how they hustle in the inner cities, right? Um, but now it's become... A sound, which really that sound comes from what I'm telling you from um, the house theme, music. Yeah, it's, right. no, it's house music. The the trap records with those drops and all that stuff is house music. It's a blend of, of you know the eight hundred eight with the house music okay. that they were doing, and that's like one of the first dudes to start doing the, that sound was like ASAP Rocky that started right. making it you know fire, and then like uh, when Kanye came and grabbed Travis Scott's sound. Remember that uh, the East's album? That was yeah. Travis's sound. Travis and uh, and Wonder Girl that right. were doing those beats. And Kanye's always been a visionary. Like everybody trashed that that album, but it was really that album really I it made was a it. Problem. Uh, it was yeah. a, an amazing album. Yeah. And it opened up the door for all the sounds that you hear now. The you know the, the Trippy Reds, the the, um, the dudes that are doing kind of grunge trap music and
0: all those. I don't listen to any of those albums. The thing is, I feel like the artist is there. Like Kanye will do, we're going to go back to Kanye. Kanye would do 808s and Heartbreaks, but then the next album would be nothing like that album. And I feel like what is happening now is kids are going into the studio because they're kids, and they're just recording whatever, records, whatever is there. Yeah. Now, like I'm bringing up Bad Bunny right now. Bad Bunny, like he does trap music, the Spanish version or whatever. The Spanish version but, of Travis Scott. Yeah, but he does different, like he does different records. Like it's not just. Not as
1: he, he's li- listen to Bad Bunny and then just close your eyes and then just imagine Travis Scott. He does. He is. He does a Spanish Travis Scott, but sound.
0: he's he's an art like Travis Scott is also a rare one of the one I listen to him right. out of all the young ones. Um, I just feel like they forgot how to make records and music. Oh. I feel like it's, they don't really have... A lot of these guys, they don't have a story to tell. They don't have a story. I'm pretty music. sure they do. It's just story, the people they just around know them. They don't, yeah, don't, yeah, People well, they around don't them don't encourage to... them. Like, yo, open up. Like, make yourself vulnerable. You're, you're, you're at your best when you're vulnerable.
1: I don't think it's really about the story. It's more about knowing how to put it together. Yeah. Like, you see, like, Jay-Z is such a great rapper that a lot of the stuff... A lot of some of the raps that he has is like... His boy story, and then he says it from it. He just he just knows how to talk fly. Yeah. A lot of these kids now, what is what is happening is is like, their mentality is more like, let's do some dumb shit, go viral, and then we can just do music after that. Yeah. That's where it's at, like, yes. and then just just talk about you know my Gucci hitting, my piece, my ice is dripping, and all this other stuff with a dope beat and a nice little melody. When you're in the club drinking. You're not, you know, all you want to do is, is listen to what sounds nice and that you can repeat back real easily yeah. and you can remember. That's true. You know, you're not sitting in the club listening. You don't hear J. Cole in the club.
0: You're you not. True. It's not like a album you were listening to, like when you're driving your car, yeah, or when you're deep in darkness. No, no, something. but
1: people are people listen to it when they're yeah. on their way to the club. They do listen to <laughs> on the way <laughs> to, to the high club, high but well, yeah. I
0: mean like those long drives. Like I, practice. I remember I used to. That's how I used to judge a record. Like if I could put it in my car and drive around the city and bump it and listen to it. And I could go from the top to the bottom and know all the songs, not just like I've been, I've been on the club. Because when you're driving, people like I tend to lose. I'm gonna get flack for this shit, but <laughs> I, I think about mad shit, just like when I'm on the toilet, and I just go through this process.
1: And like and he's the shower. What when the, I'm shower? In the shower? Yeah, that's where I think. I, I, of. Shower I, it's, or it's the, the, the toilet for me? Blast the music. Dance. No, a lot of a lot of verses have come to me. You know showering, or when I'm in, um, if I'm, you know, if I'm actively in the gym, if I'm on the treadmill or something, like, while well, I'm exercising, like, a lot of thoughts come from that. But, yo, let's talk about this art, too, man. Yo, so we, 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 we can we talk went, about music forever. We went all the way into music.
0: So, you did music, you did music with Chris, you did uh, mentirosa. you did a bunch of, uh, which I like, because you weren't just, like, you were one of the first dudes to be like, yo, it's cool to rap in Spanish. Like, it's mm-hmm. cool to do these type of records too. And then you started doing your painting. How'd you go from... Because that's that's a big gap. Like, when you was in Apartment 78 doing all the stuff with the music you were doing with Chris yeah. to evolving into... Do you think your pieces. music, like, helped you with your art? No. Like, it didn't inspire you enough? Nah. It's, like, two different... It, it's two
1: different... Like, that's the... Dex doing music versus Dex doing art is, like, two completely different things. Uh, I got into art out of necessity. I'm going to, well, back into my art out of necessity. Right. It was more like, you know, I had a kid, and um, I needed to make some extra money. Even though, like, when I had, like, the Camara Lenta record popping, like, I was getting booked here and there, then that shit started slowing down a little. It's like, you know, all of a sudden I found myself, I'm having a child. I'm having to have to get my own place. I'm having to have to change my car to a more expensive car because right. I did something I did a, I made a bad um, financial decision, and then it's like baby shower, and then it's Pampers and milk, and right. it's like, oh man. So I remember just, you know, just taking it like, you know, I just need to make an extra little bit of money on the side. Um, art has always, from when Rick met me, like I used to airbrush back then, and like I've always been able to do to make some money off the art. So I went back to the art, and, I, and now we have Instagram. So when I started seeing the response that I got to the art versus, like, it's a little more difficult to get a response off music because so many people are doing music. It's so oversaturated. Like, when I go right now and I tell somebody, hey, I do music, it's like, oh, you too? Yeah. Kind of like, it's almost like... <laughs> and you can't blame people because people get bombarded. Most of the time, when somebody tells you they do music, It's a higher percentage that the music is bad than it's good. Good,
0: yeah.
1: A higher percentage, most of the time. And I tell you, I'm telling you, and they still want to play it
0: for you. Mm -hmm. You gotta be like, yo. And I'm,
1: I'm telling you that from experience, like from going to, um, to the to the to the showcases and all that stuff. Most of the time, it's bad. Yeah. So people are already predisposed and programmed to whenever you say I rap, especially if you say you rap, because if you say you sing, yo sing something for me right now. And then I gotta be able to tell if you, but, but yeah. you no, know, I rap. I like, damn, I'm gonna have to listen to this. So automatically, it's like, I don't think it's good. But with art, when I tell people like, you know, I paint, I don't get that response right away from people. Like it's like, oh, okay, let me see something. Right. And then when they see the stuff that I that I show them, then it's like, oh my god, this yeah. is a this is a, you know not to toot my own horn. I'm just saying what what the reaction I get from some people because of the portraits that I do. Right. Oh my god, this is great i love it whatever run, run, and how much do you charge and you know, all this other stuff you know so it gets better received so when i started seeing that one thing that i learned is that um instagram is everything right now as far as like all businesses everybody is transitioning to the instagram hustle right it's because it feeds into the others it's feeding it into your feeds sweater, into everything feeds else into your facebook there's people making millions of dollars of having a lot of instagram followers and doing and doing business so i said you know what let me concentrate on this art right now and um get my following up and whatnot and then I come back and slowly start introducing people back to my music and stuff right. like that but you know it's been two years since i put anything out right Since i really recorded anything because like i have this momentum going with the art and it's t- you know i was able to quit my job last year which is a goal i had Since I started that job You know The the first day I started I was already planning on when I was quitting (laughs) (laughs) And that's just You know You only do two
0: days When you go in And when you come out
1: And I I spent You know Like I was like Yeah I'm only gonna do this For a couple of months And I spent six years You know So a couple of months Turned into six years I became complacent I became too comfortable with it And You know I feel like One of my biggest blessings Professionally And personally Was like You know Having my daughter She put me in a Completely different mindset you know where I had to provide where it's like oh it's okay if I don't eat today (laughs) but you can't have your kid not
0: not eat you
1: feel me like now you know you gotta take care of somebody else so now it's like no I gotta you're no
0: longer the priority exactly like
1: I can't like you can't you know sometimes we wake up and you're like you you don't it don't matter if you don't eat till a certain time when you wake up you better have that milk ready for the baby or she gonna be crying so it's a different mentality Um, and it was the biggest blessing ever and you know, now I'm just at a point where uh, I want to evolve out of just what I'm doing. Like, it's I feel very blessed that daily so many people reach out to me, trying just even just for inquiring my prices and ordering. And like, I can tell you, like, I can have up to 50, twenty something, thirty something orders at a time. Right. You know, and making great money. But now I'm already getting to the point where like I want to become a little bit more exclusive when it comes to the art. Right. And like I want to be able to say, hey, I'm not going to do anything for anybody right now. I just want to sit down and just work on being creative. Because this is like, I can say this is cre- This is my me being creative here. Right. Right? Like, I felt loose because this is just something that I did. Yeah. Because everybody knows Mark Anthony is going to get me good reaction on the internet or whatnot. And I just, you know, I, I, tr- I started mixing colors and I started doing stuff. So this is me getting creative. The T.I., this is me getting creative. But when I'm just doing something for, as a commission, it's like I'm really just, you know, if you want to pr- like picture work. just you, of you two, right. uh, it's not that it feels like work, it becomes repetitive. Because I'm doing, I'm just drawing, I'm just painting faces, painting faces, painting right. faces. I can't really get creative with it because then I'm screwing myself. Because if I, if I start getting creative, I can't spend a whole week on, on, on one commission, then right. I'm not going to, you know, unless I already start charging where I want to be, where like, I want to start charging $10,000 yeah. for a piece where I could spend a month on one yeah. and not really hurt my income. But now I have to, like my production rate is too high and in the art realm, it's not good. Right. It's not, when you're, when you're too, like especially with, what I'm learning now with like collectors, when you produce too much,
0: it devalues you. It devalues pieces.
1: you because there's too many of you out there, too many right. pieces out there.
0: Right.
1: You know, but when you can sell, when you, let's say if you do just 10 pieces in a year and each one of those pieces sell, like, God willing, one day, uh, $30,000 a piece. Right. Now it's only 10 pieces every year that come out. That's, But guess what? Like, you see, like, this TI, man, like, I started this in December. Look where I'm up to it with it. Right. You feel me? Like, I've ma- made it an installation. You have three canvases going, and there's still, you know, more work to be done. Right. So I fall in love with the process of this, other than, like, I have a deadline. There's no deadline for this. No. You know, like, I'm sure it's going to get to his hands, and I'm sure that he's going to love it. Um, But I feel, like, free doing this, because I could keep, like, right. I, walk, I have it up, because I walk in here, and I look at it, and... My ideas change. I originally had a different idea for it. Now yeah. my ideas are changing. So throughout the process, your ideas just keep switching. Of course. You want to add more things. Definitely. Like yeah. I want to do different things to it. Yeah. But yeah. if it's a commission like that, that I have to do for yeah, Valentine's Day, for sure. I have a deadline. Yeah.
0: And it's not something that is coming out of your creativity. It's something that...
1: It's there. It's a it's picture. like a base. Yeah, it's, it's a
0: right. picture. Uh, which is nice, but it's like, for example, this piece right here, this is what I love about it. It looks like if the sun is catching the lens. So the detailing, even like on his tattoos and everything, this is something that you're like, shit, let me, while you're working on it, it hits you like, oh shit, maybe I should like do this piece or this will be dope. And even now, like I look at like T.I.'s, like his mustache and his beard, and then there's like oh, these the little Mr. shading pieces. What I I wanted to ask you is what do you feel is like your signature. Every artist has like a signature.
1: I can't really sit here now and tell you that I have a signature because there's there's, there's plenty of people that work with this this style. You know? Um, But like how we were talking about Picasso earlier, like Picasso, when he started he was painting realistic. And everybody was doing the same realistic thing. And it took Picasso till he was like 70-something years. The Picasso that we know and love now, even though people need to know this, like Picasso wasn't broke while he was alive. He was rich. Right. Like, most artists are rich while they're alive because just the material and the stuff is expensive. So right. you know, Picasso was rich while he was alive. He was a very well-known man. He was probably like a Kanye West type of figure in the world right. where you know, he was celebrated. He was a celebrity. There was very few there were very few artists if you go back and look at their stories very few artists that were poor. Right. You know like um Van Gogh was it that ear, right? Van Gogh Van Gogh was was poor.
0: Um as well as they all used to live in the in, I was telling you the story. I went to Paris recently. Van Gogh was poor. Um Picasso at Basquiat was poor when oh, he lived. Basquiat. No
1: no no he did not. He started Basquiat, out Basquiat as a was
0: very poor man. No, he didn't. And then afterwards, he got
1: rich. You know that Basquiat's dad was, a, you know, Basquiat liked because he was just, he's a basehead. head. He used yeah, to, yeah. you know, he used to freaking, you he's know, a junkie, yeah. he's a junkie. His father was a mid-society. Mid His father was a lawyer or something like that. Um, he comes from a family with money. He's just a dude that was like, you know, he's on the spectrum. Right. And he just, you know, he liked to live this life. Of kind of like a hippie, yeah. But while Basquiat was alive, like his best friend was Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol's a freaking millionaire, yeah. And then Basquiat was selling pieces for tens of thousands of dollars while he was alive. I don't know if you saw the movie of Basquiat. I did
0: with Jeffrey Wright. Yeah,
1: I love that movie where he goes. He's like in the in the supermarket, in the fish market, and he tells. Uh, he goes like, Yo, what's that that he just bought? Oh, it's um caviar. He was like, Okay, let me ask how much is that? He goes like, was like, It's two thousand dollars. And then he looks at Andy Warhol and he goes like, Hey Andy, can you lend me two thousand dollars? <laughs> like think about that that just that whole scene and that right there should tell you how Basquiat I looked at money. Like money wasn't an issue to him. He right. had bread. Like most artists people get and that's one thing that I had confused myself that that's why I said I don't want to be an artist because artists are usually struggling and broke and they don't right. make money.
0: And then I would appreciate it till they're gone. And I'm t- so that's yeah, how and then they make money, money when they when no,
1: but artists they make like now that I'm le- really going into it and learning contemporary artists. There's dudes out here, man, that like if I want if I if I work hard enough, man, I could have a piece like this being sold at ten racks, man. Right. Think about think about it. Like even though it takes its time, but think about how many people can do that can say like yo and and something that I made in a week sometimes some people make something in 15 minutes and they're selling it Alec Monopoly is selling pieces for $80,000 $100,000 and these are pieces that he does in an hour because he uses spray paint mainly but because of his name it's the same thing with Basquiat during this time because of his name he was popular and the collectors knew who he was he was a rich man while he was alive Uh, uh, Leonardo Raphael Michelangelo These guys were upper middle class. Think about it. Raphael painted, wait, Raphael painted the Sistine Chapel.
0: Michelangelo,
1: Michelangelo, I'm bugging. Raphael painted the School of Athens. Michelangelo painted the Sistine Chapel. First of all, he wasn't even a painter. He was a sculptor. Four years took him to paint. (laughs) So do you think that for those four years, this guy was hungry? This was commissioned by the richest people in the country, which was the Vatican. The Vatican. You feel me? So, this guy was rich. They paid him a lot of money, he lived in a, a, ma- in, a in a mansion. And all oh, these guys were rich, bro. Right. And they, not only were they rich, but they were celebrities. This is your equal. Like the people that the painters of that time were, what your rappers are now, or your Kim Kardashian. or they, they were celebrities. Not even right. Kim Kardashian, because she she'll be more of like what a Duke is, or or you know, high society, just rich people, but. Anybody that's a celebrity now, that's celebrated for their talent, that's who these people were. And right. they were very rich. And they knew
0: they would eventually, because when I was I went to Paris, I did a tour in Montmartre, I forgot how you said freaking town's name. There's the first, it was like the first, uh, how do you call it? It's like a whorehouse. Uh, it's not important at all. I forgot the name of the place. Justin. Uh, it's okay, the go. first, <laughs> what's it called? I don't know. Oh, I it gotta look at it. It'll it come to me. It's the first like house where you go like to interact with women, and, and like it, it was bare, the walls. So Picasso goes to the owner, like, "Yo, you should let me paint something for you." He's like, "All right," because he had a steady girl he would visit, so he did this painting for the dude. The dude had it up on the wall, and all oh,
1: of this—that the one with the he the, went the, broke. Yes, yeah. the, the the prostitutes. Yes. Now, so that what?
0: piece. I forgot where it is, but I saw the house. I have a picture in front of it. Um, So the guy was having financial problems, and he sold the piece. And when Picasso came in, he came back to to see his chick. He was like, where's that piece I did for you? And he's like, oh, I had to sell it, and I sold it for X amount of dollars. And he's like, that was the worst move you could have done, because that piece would have kept your whole family rich for the rest of your life. So he knew... How important he would
1: end up being. Yeah. Yeah. La Donna, La, La, La or something like that. It was called, but I know exactly which piece he's talking about. And it's like. Cabaret. Is
0: it a cabaret? I think. I forgot what. It was no, it was. not
1: a cabaret. They, they, they use the word it's all the time in, in Game of Thrones. <laughs> they use it all the time. The, yeah. Bra- it's with a B. Brothels. Brothel. brothel yes. Ah, it was brothel. Right Yo,
0: but it gets me upset when I know something and I don't remember it. So, brothel,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's the, the brothel. He was.
0: I just think it is the first of all, I, I, like visiting. I, I'm not an artist by any means. I don't know anything about art. Yeah, I can't go. For shit, um, I've seen the Mona Lisa. I was not impressed. It, it's just you weren't it,
1: impressed by the Mona Lisa. Why not?
0: I was not impressed. It's Why not? a very small painting, mm-hmm. um, and I guess part of it is because people give it like this. Oh my god. You know when I would have been impressed by the Mona Lisa? over overhyped it was It was overhyped, but the problem is I don't appreciate the technique that he did in that painting because it was the first of his kind. But when I saw it, I was like, oh, you know. I saw it's better okay.
1: pieces in the, the Louvre. <laughs> I mean, you saw better pieces because you saw, like, these pieces that were, like, 20 feet tall. Right. And, like... From, well, there were some other ones. The,
0: yeah, but, like, I just feel
1: like... Here's the thing with, with why the Mona Lisa is so... It's, um... If you look at my paintings right now, you're going to notice something like... Very few people notice it. Like, anywhere you stand in this room, anywhere you look at the pieces from, they're looking at you. Got you,
0: you yeah. Kind of like, like T.I. in the it's, video It's right?
1: in the eye. Like, you look at them yeah. over there. They're always. And it yeah. doesn't matter where you go in this room, you're going to You're gonna look... They're going to look at you in the eyes. Right. And, you know, few people have picked that up about my stuff where it's like, are you really good with eyes? Right. And I feel like... It's not something that I intended. It's just something that comes natural to me to do, right. where everything is right here, is in the eyes. Like, the detail is always in the eyes, and I always select the pictures that are going to depict that the most, yeah, the, the you, best.
0: You feel like a certain connection when you're talking to somebody. You're so, Mona you. Lisa, I'm
1: pretty sure you walked around, and the whole time she's looking at you. I and sure. you don't know what the heck she's thinking. Yeah. And... It- the thing with that is, is that also, at that point in time, that technique that he used was fairly new. Like, he's a master yeah at that shit. Like, there's so many um, layers that go into, you know, uh, I wish I had the Osuna piece here because none of those pictures, Did when I do flesh tones and stuff like that, and yeah. there's a blue light hitting over here, like I'm blending the blue light, you're going to see it in the, like, perfectly blended into the... uh The skin tone and whatnot and like the different like if I did a brown over here it's not going to be the same brown on this side of the face Um, but because I don't have time right now I can't sit down and for five days straight and work on one piece right now and that's where my my struggles are at like where I'm going to be finding that
0: balance where you are making money off art But you're also creating...
1: My number one priority is to take care of my bills. That's my number one priority. That's what, you know, to keep the lights on at home and to not worry about that. So once I feel like a lot of people always ask me, when are we going to get original Dex pieces? Like from Dex's mind, what Dex is thinking. Like when I'm financially stable, where I can say I don't need to work on anybody's personal pieces. Just what I want to put out. What comes from my mind. It's a lot. It's similar mind.
0: to when I'm a, a writer, like when they're gonna write a book mm-hmm. or a movie, they lock themselves up for. You said mm-hmm. four months is around that time frame.
1: But they get remember they uh, a publisher gives them on the money, yeah.
0: And,
1: you know which, hey, I have, I'm, I might go and like because I know I know man that my show is gonna be successful and I know that I'm going like I might go, and. And find someone to to just like invest some bread. It doesn't have to be nothing crazy. Right. Invest some bread or take out a loan or something. But I'm gonna have to bet on myself. Right. At some point because right now, like I told you earlier, I, I came in with a mentality. I'm so tired of, and this is nobody in specific. I'm just so tired of answering questions. Or so tired of of the monotony. You, you know. You know like, no. Mind. No. The, I, I love. That people are, you know, after my work But I really want to just get to that next level That next exclusivity level I want to get to the point where I paint something randomly And I make limited prints of it Where, like, I'm making a hundred prints Right, limited a hundred prints that are signed by me And they sell out in a Would day Would
0: you do prints now, these
1: pieces? No, these are the... I'm gonna do specific things that I'm like Okay, this is gonna be a print And it's gonna be, uh... Just a hundred prints. Right. Or it's just gonna be fifty prints. Or it's right. gonna be, you know, um, and then have a website and then like have that right. selling and then have that be like a consistent income right. of money, where at the same time I sit over here with this huge canvas that every time I look at it I see the painting that I'm doing on it. Every time I look at this I see the painting on it. Right. I don't even know how to explain it. Every time I look at the canvas, because I already know exactly what's going on here, how it's going to go on here. And then from there, I let, it, I let the inspiration take over. But every time I look at it, I know exactly what's going on here. Yeah. Every time I look at this one in the back, I know exactly what's going on there. You know? Um, wow. But it's the time. Where I wish that I had that you know I don't know if you ever watched Dragon Ball Z where I wish I had that hyperbolic time chamber yeah. where these guys go in and in an hour they really spend a year yeah. you know and I could come out of there with like 50, 50 paintings and it's like yes let's go you know cause one of my my goals is to do an art show now in the summer you know I'm moving I wanted to do it in, in May now I'm realistically speaking to not kill myself I want to do it by like August
0: Would you stop taking custom orders at a certain point just to get the... When I
1: feel financially stable enough where all my bills are paid. You know, where I feel like I could pay all my bills for the next three months.
0: So, I'm on IG and I'm DMing you. Yo, Dex, I need this dope-ass piece. (laughs) Me and my stepson. He means the world to me. I'm going to send you the photo. Ideally... Me, I'm the, I understand how an artist works. You pay a deposit, mm-hmm. you guys come to a certain agreement, and then you give them time to work. Um, where are you with the people who are, like you mentioned Amazon? Because we live in a day and age where people want things now, they want things done. And it's why we can order food off our phone now, mm-hmm. and it's delivered to your house in 40 minutes. Right. What do you say to people that are like, yo, Dex, I need pictures of my son's toes? <laughs> I need you to. I need you to paint them.
1: I'm not painting anything. I don't. I don't feel like I could. I could like I had someone try to come and you know tell me that they wanted a San Miguel piece, and it's like the classic San Miguel slaying the devil yeah. like painting, and they wanted that redone. And I'm like, I don't redo other people's right. paintings. Right. I don't. Right. I don't do that. Like you were
0: also saying that you don't remake wall pictures like Like there, there yeah. will never be another Mark Anthony.
1: Like this No not yeah. from this picture Not with these colors No you're not I'm not going to like. Well
0: not this same When thing. this came up
1: There was yeah. so many people I'm going to say About 15 people Hit me up In a matter of an hour Or two Asking me that they First to if this it. one Was for sale And if not If I could redo it And I said It's not happening right. And you see That's where I mean where, where I want to get To the point Where it's like I want to do Some dope stuff That comes from my mind That 50 people see it And they want But then it's available To them via Print Via print you know right. where this is made specifically for print, and then like I can say I'm doing 50 and I sell out. Right. And let's say I put it for 100, 150 dollars. That is pretty affordable right. if you really think about it. And you sell steadily every week at least 20 of those. You're looking at some good income. Right. You know where it's gonna get to the point where I'm going to be able to work on my exclusivity. Right. Where even now, like I I feel so thankful, and I'm gonna tell you guys what my biggest accomplishment from art has been. And you know, I, mainly because most of the people that I've gotten love from are from the Latin market. Right. Like you know, my brother Jay Ramirez. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that he is truly the person that ignited my social media presence with art. Right. You know, I'm always gonna I'm always going to um, big him up on that. Jay is like he was like the guy that gave me that first stepping stone. Like boom, gave me the presence. I remember I did that. I'm going to tell you the story real quick how that happened and see how the devil is a liar. That day that um, I was booked in um, to do like one of my last performances that I did when Camara Lenta was still hot in uh, Worcester. It's spelled, you know, that city that's spelled Worcester, but yeah. it's yeah. really Worcester. Yeah. Um, it was a storm that day. So I was there with Jay Ramirez and I said, you know what, let me do a painting with Jay Ramirez of his daughter. And it was this beautiful picture of his daughter. He had hit me up before asking me how much it was, whatever. I told him how much, boom, boom. But then I'm like, you know what? Let me just do the picture for the dude, like, off the strength. And, like, you know, I planned it out. Like, him giving me some, a shout-out on Instagram. That will give me, like, you know, good following. And whatever I would have charged him for that, I'd probably make it triple. And people, like, I planned it right so away. I saw it of mouth, yeah. on, on the vision, you know. And because he had, you know, he had a good following. So that day, I remember I started that painting... The day, um, the day that I was gonna go up and, and do the the um, the performance that he was at too, was a Saturday. I started that painting that that Friday. I didn't sleep, so I was supposed to leave that Saturday night. It was a huge snowstorm, and I had people from Boston calling me, my compadre, telling me compadre, dude, be like, it's really bad up here. Do not drive out. Whatever, people telling me not to drive out. So I'm calling, I'm calling uh, the promoter and the promoters like that. We still good to go tonight. So. Usually to get to Wooster is about three and a half hours. It took us five hours to get out to Wooster. And I wow. said, nah, I'm going. Like, last minute, I'm like, I'm going. I finished the painting. I'm going. I get over there. I surprised Jay with it. Freaking loves it. We, we kick it. We, you know, it was a great night. We kick it off. We went back to Providence where we spoke for hours. You know, we had a, 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 we started a great relationship from there. The next day, Jay posts it up with a great message. I had like a like twenty five hundred followers coming after that, in like a day, and then throughout the week, like it still kept going. Yeah. Um. So. That um, damn,
0: what was it before I got into the J thing? He
1: was what? the one that like
0: got you into, like he basically started this movement for you. He helped you out. He, gave he me that was the boost. one. Yeah, he
1: gave me that boost, and I'm always gonna you know appreciate appreciate that. him for that. But I said before that, what was it that I was saying? This it's Jack Daniels a, is good. <laughs> <laughs> this Jack, do you remember what I was saying right before though? I have no. This what I told you earlier. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna tie, try to tie things in, but let yeah, me yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. Let me not forget know, that first. Forget piece. the first where I was gonna where the punchline was coming. But, um,
0: besides Jay Ramirez, who else like reached out to you like, yo, do this piece for me? Or
1: I haven't had too many. Okay, I've, I was gonna say it's what my biggest accomplishment. Yeah, so my that's biggest what accomplishment. It has been that... Yeah, I'm working with mainly Latinos, man. Yeah. And you know what? Latinos are famous, for, especially Dominicans, for asking for... Favorite famous? No, <laughs> when doing business. What do Dominicans are famous for asking for, usually? Free. For discounts. discounts. Oh. And I'm going to say... That's all Spanish people. <laughs> I guess that's everybody. I'm going to say my biggest accomplishment, bro, is that... My people reach out to me and the first thing that they say is like, I know you're a very busy guy. So, like, I feel like I've made this presence on Instagram with how consistent i be with my work that I always show that I'm up to something. So I'm already being appreciated by my community where they're looking at it, where they have me, like, appear like, oh, this guy is already dealing with these artists and these stuff. And, like, that is very humbling to me. You know, because I I still, in my mind, I'm still in the grind. I'm in the grind You know Not in my mind But I am in the grind But to a lot of people To a lot of people They look at me like Oh he's made it But every day I wake up like I want more I'm in the grind I'm, I'm never gonna be I'm gonna be doing this Till I'm till I go like well, that's the mentality did. you gotta you know with the art keep. Yeah. I'm gonna be doing this till I go and I'm gonna keep evolving I'm not gonna you know you're not gonna look at my stuff 20 years from now and I'm not gonna be doing the same exactly. thing it's probably gonna get to a point where I'm not gonna be doing faces no, right. no more where I'm gonna be doing stuff with just colors and and abstract stuff and it's still gonna be appreciated because I created this respect level that and I wanted to especially to for it to come from my community, bro, when I when I tell people my prices to not hear people really say, oh, can you give oh, me a discount? Or, can you or, do it for yeah. this much? Or for them to say to actually say it's either in my budget or they'll say if it's not in their budget, they don't get mad or they don't what? How much? Which is usually what you'll get from people. They'll say right. it's not in my budget, but I see why it would cost this much. Right. You will do great work, man. That thing is that's so humbling to me because we get so many people speaking negatively about our people. Right. Where that all oh, people don't like to pay, whatever, but that's bullcrap. Right. People do support our own people support right. because it's mainly my Latino people that are supporting. Yeah. It's mainly Dominican people supporting me. Right. The support is there, but you know, but guess what? It is that you have to be. First of all, you have to put out good work. Yeah, right. Put out good work. Work consistently. I'm giving I'm giving the game right now, to, to to this to whatever it is you want to do on IG or in life, like because I'm experiencing it. Put out good work, be consistent, and then on top of that, look, right. you'll just be down on earth and be kind. I answer every I try to answer every DM that's sent to me. If somebody is just answering like on a quote that I put up, even if it's with an emoji, I don't do this bitch ass. Liking that I I think that's the most that's the most dismissive thing that's been created by in by in the world.
0: But they like it. They and liked like, it. They're giving you the No attention. bro, like yeah. if you
1: DM me bro, and like I have had this happen to me where I could DM uh, like somebody will put something and I'll go like, Yo, God bless, right? And I'll write this like great message to them right. and then I just get this little like on it on this little heart. I feel so offended. Like I took time out of yeah. myself, like and I see you always writing stuff and I see you on Instagram. I took time to write you a nice message And all I get is a double tap That's so dismissive Where right. you could have just been like thank you And given this
0: Yeah.
1: That makes me feel good Because it's like you, know, you took your time to at yeah. least write something But right. people are so dismissive And people are so disconnected and so detached And I feel like a lot of my success Comes from me taking it And Gary V speaks about this all the time I love Gary V Where he says who the hell are you so when people are commenting on you to not even go like it, to not even acknowledge people, to not even try to if you you know, if you're at a Gary V's level where I'm sure he gets thousands of messages daily, where you can at least um, pick maybe ten DMs and answer them and then in a mass way always thank people. If you notice, I don't know if you you follow me, but you always notice that I'm always thanking. I'm always thanking people and I never call them. Notice one thing. I never called people followers. It's a negative connotation to that word.
0: Right, My IG family.
1: They're family. Yeah. And they're the ones that are, you know, that, and that is, uh, people have a, a perspective of me where, it's really me. Right. I, I'm very big on words and the usage of words. And I don't ever want to make anybody feel less or feel like I'm above anybody or that. Like, I'm still in the grind just like anybody right. else. Maybe I'm grinding even more than a lot of people that have a nine-to-five. because some people are expecting their check regardless. Right. I, me? I got to get up every day, answer DMs, answer emails, put up content, make paintings, take care of my daughter, have family time, go have a relationship with my dad, go see my grandmother, Right. you know, uh, make some time to go have a drink, make some time for this interview.
0: Yeah, right. You
1: know? So, like, as an entrepreneur even when things start getting easier because you know things will start getting easier before they get difficult if you don't get out of your ego and this is one of the main things that i took back from la reed where he um he was a mentor to me he sat us down he told us one day the only way to be successful as a creative is to be able to take yourself out of what you create and look at it from outside with everybody else and not fall in love with it because right. when you fall in love with it, that's uh, you know when you fall in love with it, is when you start creating enemies. Because any little thing triggers you, and anything gets you upset. You have to be able to step out and take criticism. Any negative comment, you're but to the point react to. exactly. Yeah. But to the point where you got to filter criticism. To you have to. There's two ways of criticism. People that really want to help you and give you a constructive criticism, criticism, and then there's and people then there's that
0: just hate. It. But if you if you're if you're doing something right, where you're getting confused, you're gonna. If you have haters, then you're doing something right.
1: Of course, because yeah, but, but, but I, I don't acknowledge them.
0: Exactly. You can, you can't acknowledge it though, but you're doing something right. Like when I watch our episodes, um, I sit there. A lot of the you know your show's a little too long. It should be 45 minutes. Really. I understand people's point of view, but me like you're having a conversation right now. I don't want to cut like the person I'm interviewing. When they're talking about something, and it's a whole spiel, and it's something that it needs to be kept in its right. entirety, right? So that's why I don't chop it up. I do listen to everybody, but that's how I feel. And I don't like. There's celebrities that have sent messages. There's because when this started it was a sports show, right? So there's MMA fighters that have reached out to me, no, oh. and I appreciate that, and I've and I've sent them messages back, right? But I just. I don't know man I, mean, I, I, don't I don't wake have, up every day And I want to I want to continue pushing yeah, right. I And I don't feel I don't feel like I'll ever be at a point Where I'm like Alright cool I'm done
1: Before yourself. like I You know just yeah. to piggyback Over the last thing I said um, So we don't extend it too much And I just want to give like I guess I'm going to say like My final message Of what has You know has given me like Whatever success people see And you know me being able To quit my job Me being able to Kind of sustain myself With this Um, I don't know if I mentioned, but we were talking about this before, um, a lot of people see it like, oh, I wish I could draw just like you, I'll just be drawing all day and I'll be making money off of it, you know what I mean? I know so many people that draw and make art, but they're not really profiting off of it too much, to the point where people are shocked that I'm actually getting as many bookings as I am, you know, and... It doesn't take away from my craft, and it doesn't take away from you know the skills that I've honed for that I've honed for years. But I'm going to tell you this much: um, what I'm doing right now is 25 percent the skills and the craft and the honing of it, and then the other 75 um, percent is social media, uh, social media hustle, uh, interpersonal relationships, and and um, how you speak to people and language and relationships. Right. That's in creating relationships, maintaining relationships, and using relationships um, to your advantage without making people feel like they're being used. Right. It, it, those are all skills that are needed in anything that you get into because I, I, there's a lot of people that need something. Like, say, we haven't spoken in years, right? And I know that you have something that I need. And we haven't spoken in years. The way I would approach it is if I need this in a month, I'll start reaching out to you. And I'm going to say, how are you doing? Let's catch up, Bob. Let's go have a drink, whatever. And I won't even speak to you about what I need yet. Right. I'll try to catch up. I'll try to, you know, look at your at your page and answer little things here or whatever. So even though we don't have to have full-blown conversations, I'm right. interacting and engaging with your content on Instagram. Instagram is making it so easy to make relationships with people yeah. without even seeing them and, in person. And right.
0: sustain them, too.
1: So all you have to do is... You know, genuinely though, react to what they post. If you see them posting um them having success in something or whatever, react to that. Right. You know, send energy, send good energy, whatever. And then later on when I come to Rick a month later, hey Rick, this this, this and that Rick is not gonna take it like Yo, I haven't spoken to you to to you in years and now you need something from me. Yes. No. We've been interacting for a certain amount of time already and We've been putting out energies to each other where it's just going to be natural for me to then... But that doesn't mean that afterwards I'm going to drop Rick and after I right. even know I'm going to maintain this because you, ne- you never burn bridges. Right. Never burn bridges. I wish there was more bridges in and out of Manhattan so hmm. we don't have as, mu- as much, you know, traffic, everybody trying to cross the same bridge.
0: Right.
1: You know what I mean? So when you seen anybody out there... And as for anybody that may need this, if you've seen anybody out there and you're trying to get your stuff off the ground and you feel like it's not going to, you have to understand that people are not doing this from one day to the other. And people are not just doing this using the same blueprint that everybody uses. Everybody has their own blueprint, but it's always, it's always about consistency and it's always... About relationships. You don't have to go out and like how people say, you know, uh, uh, kiss ass. Right. There's a thin line between kissing ass and, <laughs> and relation, having, a, real, and having yeah. a good relationship with somebody. Yeah. You know, and bigging people up for what they're doing. Yeah. There's a very thin line with that. Where you do it gracefully where people respect you because you're, being you're just being genuine. Because yeah. people can pick up right away when uh-huh. you're just kissing ass. <laughs> you know? Um, so when you're being genuine, when the relationship's... And just being consistent in everything. Like, consistency is everything. And I, I wish we would have spoke about the Romeo story, how I got the stuff to Romeo, to that.
0: Um, I mean, we could do six-part episode. <laughs> yeah, we could talk
1: about it later. Because, you know, like, <coughs> but but I want people to t-
0: I've had on the show. My bad to catch up. come on. back. And then I've had on the show, uh, there's a few people I didn't even, like Mr. Narayan, I never knew that guy. But me and him, we talk regularly, like a fourth. Because of IG. You know, like, when I had him on the show, I told him, you know, you're on the show. But I, 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 before you came on the show, I was supporting what you was doing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know the mayor, Mike. Mm-hmm. I support him. And every time we're doing something, I always hit him up. M-Class, or that boy, that boy Lucky to the audience, that dude, he's, like, one of the best guests I've had. Because Mike was like, yo, whatever you need, I got you. My. But me and him, we've always had that relationship. Right, But I've always maintained my relationship with every guest. Because I eventually, I would like to have the guests on of course. again.
1: Of course. Yeah, see, especially like, oh, you know, we spoke a year ago. Now, let's say like after I have my show, after maybe what I'm projecting and putting out now where I want to be, where it's like I don't want to be doing that many commissions. I want to be creating my own things and people, you know, buying that or going from charging this much to like, oh, now Dex is really like out there like doing you know product placement with like how I just saw this one artist that I've been following for a minute like he was doing stuff with Lexus and doing stuff with with Bloomingdale's and like these guys selling out paintings for twenty twenty five thousand dollars you know and I've seen these people do it in a matter of five years so I don't look at it like in a hating way I look at it in a motivating way like it's possible right you know that's how I look at things. I, I admire people that make nothing, make something out of nothing, because I feel like that that's what I'm doing. Like um, there's really no clear blueprint for what I'm doing. There's people that have done certain things, but I feel like coming from where we come from, you don't really hear about this. Like you don't really. There see. isn't a
0: path like you could take. Like oh, we're paving the road right yeah. now. Yeah.
1: So we're paving the road. Like we're um, and I've realized and I've noticed that. You know, after I've gotten... Mainly, you know, the repos from, like, the artists and and whatnot. I've noticed that a lot of people... There's been a lot more people coming coming through and, like, really taking their art more serious. You know, know, that before it was just like, oh, it's just like a hobby. But now I feel like my mission is starting, which is, you know, the whole um, kind of motivating people. And, you know, there's so many different ways I want to take this. Like I said, I'm going to get back to the music. I feel like I have compared to what I was doing, the type of music I was doing two years ago, where I was just trying to please people with what they wanted to hear, because everybody was in my ears. Now you need to make more music, like a maralenta, club music, strip club music, all this stuff. Now, my mind is now, I want to motivate people in a positive way. But at the same time, you know, still keeping it, you know, still keeping it, like, relevant, where it's still cool to hear, but it's, uh, you know, the message is still there. So now I feel like... I'm excited for what I'm going to do with music now, especially you know my Spanish stuff. Like I want to go in that Jay Cole and like Jay Cole route, but in Spanish. You know, what I mean? a lot of people are telling me like yeah, that's not going to work, and I'm like, I don't care. I'm doing. I'm right yeah, now. I
0: think there's a this, market for it, and I think it could work.
1: I think there's a market for anything as long anything as anything
0: that's real and authentic, and yeah. people can relate to it. As
1: this, as long as you put it out, bro. Like you're never going to know what works unless you do it yeah. because nobody else is. The thing is that Everything is a, is a is a follower market Like Trap got high I remember them telling me that Right before Trap took off I remember People from Universal I was playing my my Trap records for people And they were right. telling me Oh that's never gonna do good That's never gonna take off For Latinos Because that sound is Is the African American sound That's not very Latino Whatever And I was like You right. wait and see And a year later Bad Bunny came out
0: Right
1: So I could talk right now Like yo know, I wanna do Records where I'll, my performances is going to be with a band that's what I want I want to be there's so much there's so many more different I've, I have you know I grew up like we spoke earlier in a musical house uh-huh. and I used to play keys and like like Chris you know my partner at that point in time I looked at Beano's, he's a musician so you always been around musicians
0: too. shout out to Chris and his new group
1: always been shout out to him always been in a lot of you know a lot of musicians like my sisters are musicians my brother and what you can do with a band versus what you can do with just the DJ, it is is so much different. The show is so much different, and you can engage the crowd so so much di- differently. Like, the last one of the last shows that I did was with a band, and, like, we took a song that was three and a half minutes, and we stretched it to, like, eight minutes wow. during that set. And the whole time, I'll show you guys the video, the whole time the crowd is with us this is a song they never heard before but yeah. they loved it because of what we did like the solos what we did with the music right. what how we interacted with the crowd so imagine being able to put a show together because the records go with a band because when trap records are kind of difficult to to do with a band yeah. but when you have soulful hip hop songs like the type of music that J. Cole like does J J.J.'s
0: Unplug album which is one of my favorite of all time
1: I was listening to that the other day um it's just different, bro. Is, 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 so that's um, and it stuck in my mind because I had a music meeting with Johnny Marines when I first met him, and I showed him that video, and he watched the whole eight minutes in his office, and right. then he told me, out of all the records he heard, he was like, "Look, I like all the records, but if you find your lane with this and going out there with a band and doing this, boy." Like, I will come out and watch this. Like, I will love this because there's nobody doing it. And I've been, and I've had so many people tell me, like, out of my, you know, I've been playing all my records that are, like, Soulful, which are the records that I started doing before Camara Lenta. And people have told me kind of like, you should, like, I've never heard anybody rap in Spanish like this. Right. Because you sound like an American dude, like you're, you're your your rhyme schemes right. are not your conventional Latino rhyme schemes. Like, the way that I play with words is like how, you know, Jay-Z plays with words. Nas, J. Cole, uh, uh, Dre Kanye played with words. Right. It's, it's There's different rhyme schemes and flows. So, I feel like I have that and not too many people have it. Uh, Jeff was telling me that shit the other day. We don't, don't hear... I don't hear anybody like you spitting in Spanish. And I've had it, so many people. So, like I said, I went to the art off a of necessity. But now, I feel like the art has created, has given me kind of like... A base. A base has given me kind of um, credibility almost. Because I feel like if people look at my art, they can... They're not going to judge me right away. Oh, his music. Now they're like, you know, feast that. I had a lot of yeah, people it, tell yeah. me, if your music is as good as your art, I'm all for it. So, people... Are not right away thinking this guy's whack because it's like, no, wait, he's actually nice with the art. He might be good with the music too. Right. Let's wait and see. Right. And there was another painter that I remember seeing that he ended up being a terrible artist, but <laughs> <laughs> he, all oh, bad, like, I gave his music a chance because I liked his art.
0: Yeah.
1: Ended up being wrong, but like, um, <laughs> But I gave his music a chance Because I'm like I saw how swag he was With his art And all this other stuff And his following So I went like You know to listen And I'm like Damn Back to the art (laughs) (laughs) You know But In in summation Like what's next for me Is just um, Trying to find a medium Where I can do See how you stole my (laughs) question Oh, my What's next
0: for you? He still. My I didn't even. I didn't even You're
1: look at it. All the questions. Go, go, go. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> Just go ahead. My bad. My bad. And you sent me these questions in December. I didn't even look up, look at them again. Like I haven't seen them since you sent them to me, me uh, initially. But like I was saying, like I, I, what's next is me doing this this show sure. in Uptown. The one show in Uptown. Uptown has shaped me. My relationships in Uptown. I love Uptown. And I'm gonna make it like super. Like, everybody's expecting it to be in an in a art gallery, but, you know, it's going to be, like, art gallery type of shit, but I'm going to have, like, an installation with hookahs. I'm going to have an installation with go-go dancers, expressive yeah. dance, whatever I want to sit. The culture. Exactly. I want to bring some people and show them this is the culture of uptown, and right. this is how fine arts and my culture where I come from could coexist. Right. I don't want to get on no bougie shit and... Be like Oh I'm going I'm going to Brooklyn To do my art show I'm right. going to Soho To do my art show I'm right. not from Soho yeah. I never hung out in Soho Right. You know I only went to Brooklyn Because I used to have A girl out there You know right. what I mean Like It's no, always thi- a girl No disrespect to, no yeah. disrespect to Brooklyn But yeah. Uptown We blend with the Bronx Yeah, yeah. Brooklyn blends With Soho Queens, Queens. You feel me yeah. Like And that's just how it is I'm just a genuine person I'm not going to go Out my way To do a, something in Soho When if I'm not doing it First where I'm from Right. you feel me like I feel like you always touch your hood first after I touch my hood bro we out <laughs> then we I'm a, nobody can ever is going to say
0: you can ask my brother you never met my boy Paul A.B. and crazy Boogie. when we started doing the show I was like I need to get accepted and loved and followed I don't want to say the word followed but supported by Washington Heights and Uptown exactly if, if I'm able to get support from where I'm from then we could go somewhere else. Right. But I needed to start at one place.
1: Time. We're going to do this art show here. We're going to make that shit ghetto, not get uptown chic. As <laughs> uptown chic as you can get. Popping bottles. Um, uh, uh, the hookah installation. Like, it's going to be an art installation, right. hookah, but you'll be able to smoke the hookah. But it's right. going to be something dope. And the go-go dancers. And we're gonna have the bottle like I, the bottle. I already spoke to the bottle hosts that I know. Shorty said, "Hey, I'm bringing all my girls. You let me know when is that?" Right. So it's gonna be it's gonna be you know visually a very nice show. <laughs> and so you're gonna get all that from. You're gonna get the, the the artists coming out. You're gonna get the media influencers coming out. It's gonna be pretty. It's gonna be really really dope. You know, my I, I see it in my head. Like right now as I'm talking, like I'm right. walking the room right now, and um, I have already like. The pieces that I want to do, I just want to touch my hood first. Right. After I do that in my hood, when um, I went to this art gallery downtown, and I asked them how do I get into this gallery, and they, you know, they gave me the breakdown, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna invite these people out to my show uptown, and right. they're gonna be like, what the hell? Where the hell are exactly. we? You know, ain't no hors d'oeuvres here. You know, right. man, go smoke some hookah, guy. Go try that. <laughs> uh, you know, go go try the. Uh, you know hopefully we get we get this brand on board that I can't really talk about is this, this uh, liquor brand um we got uh we definitely more than likely going to do it with my man Miguel Miguel Plaza the the Wahi group uh Wahi or Wahi group um yeah. we're going to do it in his new location uh 10th Avenue 10th Avenue yeah that's where we're going to do it uh Miguel's going to be my partner in, in in this like he's shown me so much support and so much love which You know, he doesn't really have to, but that's what I'm talking about, like sticking with Uptown. Like, Miguel has seen me grow from doing the music, from doing like promotions with him and for like one off shows. And now, like, to see what I'm doing in art and getting the the love from people like him that are, you know, I'll tell you in like less than five years, Maze is going to be one of the most prominent businessmen up there. You know, to have him already be so passionate about helping me to put this together and not wanting anything in return. You know That's that's amazing to me So That's what's next If I can blend that With, with an album And during my Art show Have a band there And, do a, and a performance Maybe This guy's He's intelligent <laughs> He's very smart And he has vision Just like that As well We used to always sit down And have We have to sit down And have more of these conversations <laughs> But That's one of my I want to take That show on the road Imagine this A freaking Art show and the guy that painted then has this dope ass music, and he's you come in and like for an hour he's with a band, and then he's explaining to you yeah. the whole process through his music, and um, the 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 art in the back, right? That's you know, crazy. and I'm you know I'm already talking like it's coming fluently in my music, where it's like si yo no me pego voy a seguir yo de Picasso, mm-hmm. papi ya me caso estoy más que un retrato con brocho con micrófono me voy a buscar el mazo. You feel me So like right. It's already flowing out of me To talk about What I'm doing Because this is How I've always been Like I've always Have to Somehow Like sometimes Like I can exaggerate Certain things But I can't really Step out of the realm Of what I feel I'm capable Of doing Done Or will do Or what I'm visualizing For myself I'm never gonna say Like I'm gonna get on The jet and fly Type shit on that and, and Unless I tie it back To like you know I was high While I was saying that You know, like I'm not going to ever step out of my realm of what I feel or what I feel I stand for. With art, whatever artists I paint, unless the artist directly came and told me to paint them. But if I'm going to paint Michael Jackson, understand that I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan and we could get into it with it. If I'm going to paint the Beatles, I'm not going to paint it on some culture versus shit because the Beatles is cool to paint. No, let's talk about the Beatles. I grew up on the Beatles. You feel me? Let's talk about the Blue Album. Let's talk about the Help Album. Let's talk about Top Tens. Let's let's talk about Ringo, Paul. You feel me? George. Right. John. Let's talk about that. You feel me? Yeah. Let's talk about the history. You feel me? Like, I... Jay Z tried to pull my 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 my, uh, my card one time. I remember, I walked in with to to one of the meetings with uh, Let It Be um, uh, shirt yeah, with right. the Beatles on it. He like, what you know about that? And I said, what you know about that? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> you want to ask me some questions? And he's like, oh, oh okay, okay. And I'm like, yeah, because I know a lot of people out here wearing artists, and they're not really.
0: It's like when people were wearing the che Guevara
1: shirts. They don't. They didn't yeah. know who he was. Yeah, don't know who he is. This is cool. So. What's next, man? We're gonna do this art show We're gonna do this music We're gonna put on for Uptown And then I'm out of here, man We're gonna take this to We're gonna take this to Milan LA. We're gonna take this to L.A., Paris uh, We Spain. definitely You guys are invited Definitely Last year I don't know if you saw Last year I went to our Greatest experience of my life traveling. Oh, Miami
0: I was just I was In yeah, December In December, yeah I was just down there But I was going on a cruise You have to come When it was go- When it was
1: happening Down there so It's made know. that. Even if it's, listen, Art Basel, I'm doing a show in Miami, and yeah. I want us, whoever's down, like I, I, I want people to come. We're gonna we're we're rolling deep, man. We're driving down. I want a whole cat, like I want a whole like caravan of people, driving down with me. Like we going oh, down 100%. to Miami, we going deep, and we we there for the week, bro. It's an amazing experience. I went,
0: and I'm uh I wanted to go. Like I, thought, I didn't know what that was I learned this year what it was And then I saw through Instagram And I saw Austin um, so.
1: Amazing experience, bro I loved it so much I loved it so much It was just so so much art everywhere So much inspiration yeah. More than anything And I was like, wow This is one of the best trips I've, I've ever had And, you know, I took the risk Of, you know, taking some time off From Christmas uh, orders Falling behind and everything, but I'm like, I don't, I don't care. 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 I need to go to Art Basel. I need to right. get inspired by this. And I'm like, this time next year, I'm gonna have my own thing here. Right. You S- know,
0: speaking into existence, man. Yes, so sir. thanks for uh, spending some time, yes, definitely, allowing uh, us in your mind, because that's basically mm-hmm. where you are when you're in the artist studio. Uh, tomorrow we'll be in the Monkey Room, actually, doing another yeah. interview. Who with Andy Diaz, he works in the creative industry. He did a short film on the first, I think it's the first openly gay ballet dancer. Um, he works for uh, a huge uh, advertising firm. So we'll be Fire. there tomorrow uh, recording the episode live.
1: Thank you for having me, guys. This was great. I used to get a lot off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> my so man,
0: you Rick. Hold on. Of-